you know you know something i mean i just want to add something is that while we are working also on the research and development the industry and the cost outlook for the csp is actually very bright so the cost of of the cost of csp are actually decreasing rapidly i mean with the efforts that's happening now I mean, with the average levelized cost of electricity of new projects, they're actually moving towards, I would say, something between the range of 0.1 US dollars per, per kilowatt hour. Play Energy Podcast. Brought to you by. Algerian Energy Transition Dialogue Hello and welcome to Play Energy Podcast, a place where we talk about energy transition and co-hosting with me today, Jamal, who is an energy researcher from Lovepro University in the UK. Hello, Jamal. How are you today? I'm all right. Thanks, Mohammed. And you? Good. All good. Uh, a big welcome again to our audience. So joining us today is a former colleague of mine and a distinguished academic at the University of Huddersfield. He worked as well at uh, Lincoln University as a researcher and an engineer at uh, Moxreed. So welcome, Suleiman. How are you? Yo, hi, Jamal, and uh, hi, Mohammed. And uh, thanks for very much for having me here on your podcast and hopefully... We're going to have a very fruitful discussion today. Thanks, Raymond. So having Welcome. had a look at uh, your CV as well as uh, uh, many of your publications, that I just are amazing. So you have talked a lot about solar energy and um, you have directed more of your research in terms of uh, renewable energies and especially solar energy. So can you take us through uh, your choices regarding solar energy? Right. So... Basically, one of the major reasons behind me going or pursuing the, I would say, solar energy technologies is that because of the the potential that solar energy has. So basically, solar energy potential is basically the highest among all the resources. And among all these diverse energy resources, solar energy is by far the largest exploitable resource. And as we already know that the sun emits energy at an extremely high and relatively concent rate, that amount of solar energy striking the earth in one hour, it's roughly around 4.3 to 10 to the power of 20 joules, which is actually more than the energy consumed by the humans in an entire year. So that's roughly around 4.1 to 10 to the power of 20 joules. And if all of this energy could... So, yes, yeah. that's actually a, a huge uh, energy, as you said, striking uh, the Earth. But that's uh, as well like linked very much to, to the location of uh, the study that you are doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, there are regions, I mean, within the, uh, um, for example, if you're talking about the Sunbelt countries, the Middle East, uh, North Africa, and some parts of the U.S., I mean, they have a huge potential for solar energy. And that makes it actually, I mean, one of the reasons uh, why am I pursuing this uh, solar energy field. 
And what I wanted to add something as well is that if all of this energy that I've mentioned earlier regarding the solar energy striking Earth, if it's all of the Earth energy is converted into usable form on Earth, it would be more than, any, more than enough to supply the world's energy demand. So added to that also, the rapidly growing demand, in addition also to the untapped solar energy's full potential, that significantly encouraged the solar power generation technologies. Specifically, the concentrating solar power systems to grow faster than any other renewable technology. That's that's that is quite interesting. And talking about all this energy that needs to be harvested by the CSP technology, one, uh, I mean, like the the pillar of this is the the primary energy source of CSP uh, technology is the direct normal irradiance, which can be called DNI. Can you? Elaborate more and talk more about this uh, DNI. Yeah, absolutely. So basically, direct normal irradiation, or so-called DNI, is actually one of the most crucial aspects when we assess and optimize the technical concept for a CSP plant. So before we go into details, let's rewind a little bit so we can understand exactly what is the direct normal irradiance. So basically, DNI is actually the amount of solar radiation received per, per unit area by a surface that is always held perpendicular, or we call it normal, to the rays that come in a straight line from the direction of the sun at its current position in the sky. So typically, you can maximize the amount of irradiance annually received by a surface by keeping it normal to incoming radiation. And this quantity is of very particular interest to concentrating solar power installations. So since we rewind it, let's move forward now. So the working principle of CSP systems is that they operate on the basis of focusing that solar energy through the optical reflectors, or we call them concentrators as well, to a receiver that carries a working fluid, which is then heated up to very high temperatures that range between 400 to 800 degrees, depending on which CSP technology is being implemented. And this heated fluid is then channeled through steam turbines operating on the Ranke cycle to produce electrical power. So actual CSP power plant generation and the economic feasibility are highly dependent on the availability of the DNI, of what we mentioned earlier, which means higher temperatures will result in better efficiencies. Therefore, I mean, only locations with high solar direct normal irradiation levels are actually suitable for CSP plants. And for example, the same locations that we mentioned earlier, like North Africa, Middle East, the Mediterranean, and very vast areas in the United States as well, including, for example, California, Nevada, New Mexico, Arizona, all these are known as the Sun Belt, where great or greater, I would say, solar radiation is available from the sun. Yeah, actually, I think it's Suleiman, that's absolutely right. And the thing is that uh, also the project of CSP that we see now and then like they installed, uh, most of them in the Sun Belt, some of them, as you said, like uh, uh, Spain, North African countries as well. So is it yeah. possible as well to, for example, just to give the audience like some of the examples of power plants that are already installed and how much power is generated? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So basically, I mean, some of the most important, I would say, projects, there is the Anur complex 
concentrating solar power plant that is located in the Sahara Desert. We've got also the Crescent Dunes Solar Energy Project that is located in the United States. I mean, this one has a capacity of almost 110 megawatts. We've got also the Gemma Solar Thermo Solar Power Plant that is located in Spain with a capacity of roughly 19.9 megawatt or roughly 20 megawatt. And we've got also the Ivampa Solar Electric Generating System that is located also in the United States with a capacity of uh, roughly 370 or 377 megawatts. So this actually, I mean, you can see now the trend is actually a lot of uh, projects are being implemented. Right now, there are lots of projects that are actually in the process of being implemented as well. So, Suleiman, with with a major investment uh, in a scale of megawatts on CSP solar energy, I believe that there are also like socioeconomic impact that needs to be taken into consideration when deciding to invest in this type of technology. Is that right? Yeah, of course, Jamal. You know, I mean, it has been demonstrated that the deployment of CSP systems has a very huge number of positive collateral impacts on the environment and also the social welfare. And those impacts are very important to consider in the project feasibility analysis. So one of the prominent impacts of CSP in the socioeconomic area is basically the stimulation of the economy and the creation of new jobs at the local level. And heavily, I mean, this thing is largely due to the relatively low tech profile of this technology because the main components, I mean, are basically mirrors, steel, concrete, labor, and these local impacts are realized through the increase in demand for goods and services and creation of jobs. Okay, so, so having said that, uh, can you just uh, clarify for our listeners more on uh, the, the classification of these uh, impacts? Yeah, absolutely. So the impacts can actually be classified into three different uh, impacts. You've got the direct, we've got the indirect, and we've got also the induced. So let's start first of all with the direct effects. So the, if direct effects basically imply the increased demand for goods and services that are basically required to construct, operate, and also maintain the CSP facility. The indirect effects, on the other hand, involve the effects that the new investment has on new sales and material flows, among other productive sectors of the economy. And lastly, I mean, we've got the induced effects, which are basically related to the expansion of private expenditure. For example, from workers employed, I mean, in goods and services, such as food, healthcare, and transportation. So, you know, I mean, establishing further CSP plans is actually going to generate employment opportunities that will alleviate poverty and provide a visionary approach towards achieving a cleaner and more sustainable energy future. Not just, I mean, for those countries within the Sun Belt, but also for their neighboring countries as well. Yeah, that's absolutely um, uh, right and uh, amazing, Suleiman. The thing is that, uh, from what you have said, is that all the impacts actually are related to the economical side of the concentrating solar power. But now, now I think uh, some listeners, they will be confused about concentrating solar power, saying we know about uh, photovoltaic energy, like even in, I mean, 
the people that you can talk to in the streets, they, they know more about photovoltaic energy than consultating solar power, if you agree with me about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the thing is that, can you just, uh, in a brief nutshell, like, just say, why do you think uh, CSP can replace PV, for example, in a location, or why do, uh, so let's say, some governments invest in CSP rather than in PV, and what's maybe just a basic uh, difference between the two technologies? You know, one of the things is that when you, if you go and ask someone about how do we normally harvest solar energy, the first answer that they're going to come with is basically by using solar panels. However, that kind of social awareness that this technology actually exists and it actually produces more energy than the solar uh, photovoltaic is actually something that we need to work on as well. While actually these two may be similar in that they both use the sun in order to generate power, but beyond that, actually, they are as different as can be. So CSP power plant generation and economic feasibility are extremely highly dependent on the availability of the DNI, as we discussed earlier, which means higher temperatures produces, I mean, better efficiencies, will result in better efficiencies. So compared to solar photovoltaics, the CSP systems are actually considered to be the most promising available solar power generation technologies due to their higher solar to power conversion efficiencies that reaches up to 35% compared to the PV technologies that provide efficiencies in the range of maybe between 10 to 15%. Therefore, I mean, in locations with high solar direct normal irradiation levels, CSP systems outperforms solar PV systems. So actually, Suleiman, mm-hmm. there's only just uh, a, a small question regarding uh, this difference between CSP and PV that I think that uh, you haven't mentioned and you may maybe elaborate on it more is that the PV photovoltaic solar energy is like it's possible to harvest at a low scale, for example, for homes and for very low uh, power installation. However, for CSP, it's more like for I would say in an industrial scale, like 10 megawatts, 50, Absolutely. as you said, 100 megawatts. So also, I think it's also fair to, to add uh, that as well, that photovoltaic yeah. uh, technology is mainly, uh, I would say, used uh, in homes, while CSP is not at that stage of development. Yes, at yes. This I, think, I think we can we can also say something about the the centralized and decentralized uh, grids like for example mm. if you have a small uh, area we can put only pv panels in the mini grid and for large for large areas we can use csp because it's produced more and it's much more efficient yes yes absolutely absolutely well said mohammed mm-hmm. and uh, if i can uh, ask you uh, another question if you may uh, i mean sure. like the csp technology is I mean, it's developing, it's been developing like for a long time ago now and many forms and many uh, technologies we can find now. So which one is the dominant one and what do you think about this, the future of this uh, technology compared to the PV? I mean, if we can talk a bit uh, about the, the prices because now PV is much cheaper and compared to CSP, but if you can... I mean, talk about small comparison in this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, so, if I, may, if I might add, Suleiman as well is that 
for example, like I would say, because it's uh, now we're talking about the future of this technology, like it's also, I think it would be very interesting if you can add as well on talking about what are the, like maybe I would say, the differences between the development about PV and uh, the CSP technology as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So let's start with the first part, which is basically the what type of CSP technologies exist. So the CSP technologies include parabolic dishes, parabolic trough, linear funnel, and central receiver tower technologies. So among all of the mentioned CSP technologies that I mentioned earlier, parabolic trough technology has actually dominated the rest over the last years of commercial operation. And some of the reasons behind this dominance involves the fact that parabolic trough technology has higher efficiencies in comparison to the other CSP technologies. And when I say higher efficiencies, that means like higher solar to power conversion efficiencies. And it also has the ability of generating electricity either as a standalone or in even in a hybrid system while maintaining the lowest levelized cost of electricity, which is one of the major I mean, elements that we're actually focusing on these days is that we're trying to reduce that levelized cost of electricity of a technology. And uh, of course, this but, kind of, I, guess, I mean... I guess, I guess as well that, I guess as well that um, uh, the difference between, I would say, the major uh, two technologies, which are the parabolic trough and the central receiver is also the the cost of the maintenance as well, I think. True, true, I think, true, I think, true. I think the consultating, like I would say, probably of being simple, simply installed and simple systems, I think are much yes. easier to, to, to maintain compared to the central receiver. Absolutely, absolutely. So it, uh, we can summarize it as, as being, I mean, having the minimal techno-economic risks. Now, moving to the second part is that thinking about what is the future. I mean, uh, the future will be for this technology. I mean, right now, while I've mentioned that the parabolic trough technology, I mean, is dominating. Now, central tower systems are actually moving to the forefront nowadays, and they have the capability to become the technology of choice. And the potential of solar central tower systems to achieve higher temperatures, it's actually offering a very clear path to higher efficiencies. Therefore, I mean, providing an inherent advantage versus the other CSP systems. So, uh, Suleiman, uh, because you are a former colleague of mine and I have worked with you, yeah. we were doing our PhDs at Auckland University of Technology. Maybe yeah. some people do not, uh, because I would say in photovoltaic solar energy, people maybe may know what are the, the research and area of research that are being done in terms of the photovoltaic energy, in terms of changing the cells, changing materials, as well as playing with other parameters. So can you just give us like a short, just a nutshell, what are the, the research maybe topics that can be done in terms of um, CSP technologies and how can the, the cost be reduced uh, from your experience when you worked with uh, this type of technologies? Yeah, absolutely. So basically the, the, the major issue that we have is that the levelized cost of electricity of these technologies is actually is somehow relatively high compared to the other technologies. So what we are looking at these days are basically, I mean, trying to reduce the costs 
of uh, those elements. For example, I mean, for the CSP, I would say the 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 central tower CSP systems. Then one of the major elements of that they, I mean, the cost element is basically the heliostats or the reflective mirrors. So what what uh, the research and development they are trying to do now is they are trying to reduce the cost of these uh, heliostats by producing new or innovative technologies over there to make sure that the this element is is at its lowest and this significantly is going to affect can you believe that the heliostats represent almost 50% of a central tower cost actually that's 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 what amazed me actually when i have read about some of mm-hmm. uh, your work on sandwich composite uh, surfaces and i was really amazed by how much can uh, mirrors take out of the the investment and how much is like you have reduced in your research uh, when you have worked on this sandwich composite? And actually, I I I encourage everyone to to go have a read about you for your articles and your PhD thesis, which has, like I would say, uh, presented very well one of the most important pillars in reducing the cost of these solar surfaces. So I would I would encourage that uh, for our listeners to to do in like once they will have a, a listen to the. You know, you know something, I mean, I just want to add something is that while we are working also on the research and development, the industry and the cost outlook for the CSP is actually very bright. So the Mm -hmm. cost of of the cost of CSP are actually decreasing rapidly. I mean, with the efforts that's happening now, I mean, with the average levelized cost of electricity of new projects, they're actually moving towards, I would say something between the range of 0.1 Point one US dollars per per kilowatt hour, and the efforts that we're doing with either the industry or us as researchers as well, I mean over of the last years have paid off, and the dispatchable renewable power from CSP is now approaching cost competitiveness even with fossil fuel power. However, I mean although I'm I'm, I'm you know me since uh, we've. Uh, I mean, done our uh, we've been since we've been together in in in, in uh, Oakland University of Technology. I'm being always being optimistic, but in this case, I'm a little bit. Uh, I need to highlight some of the issues that are within the the technologies. That is that having said that, that is actually reaching the cost competitiveness. Maintaining this brightness is actually entirely dependent on the actions taken by the national policymakers uh, in the Sunbelt countries. And I can't also exclude the research and development from this as well. And with the advancing technology and the extreme necessity to reduce the cost of electricity from the CSP plants even further without affecting their lifetime expectancy, I mean, the industry is actually forced to consider new innovative designs and approaches that will hopefully lead to new techniques and technologies being implemented in the development of new existing CSP, new or existing CSP plants. Just uh, to mention, because now you are talking about the policy uh, makers and decision makers, when we see what is going on around the world now, like since uh, COVID-19, a lot have been changing, not uh, in our life, in everything. Even energy is uh, affected. We can see that uh, petrol and gas is is not stable and, and uh, also the renewable energies are not stable also. After COP, uh, the the Paris Agreement, people start talking about renewable energy and all that stuff. But now, uh, what we are seeing is now 
uh, all the countries, all the policy decision makers are now going back to the fossil fuels much more. And is this going to be a challenge for CSP in the future? And, and actually, Suleiman, if, if you also notice that because you are now working in the UK, you have also mm. maybe I'm I'm a hundred percent. You have heard that the UK government oh, is again uh, uh, putting a lot of investment now in nuclear power, which is like yeah. I would say the opposite of what has been uh, yes. encouraged for many yes. years. Now. Will will yes. will that uh, like affect also the research for CSP? Like will will CSP will be in a halt for some times? Yeah, I agree with both of you regarding the challenges and what what's happening right now regarding the uh, the oil, the energy crisis and the, the extreme demand for fossil fuel so while the csp tariffs are actually lower than ever before as we highlighted earlier there are still lots of challenges facing the csp power csp for example i mean csp plants are expensive to establish and as an example for this, I mean, as I highlighted earlier, that the solar power towers, for example, I mean, the reflectors or the heliostats, we call them heliostats, account to almost 50% of the whole plant's cost. Imagine just winds or any hurricane that demolishes the whole heliostat field, then 50% of your investment is gone. And not to highlight also the operational costs are actually very high. And there is a lack of funding available to finance new projects. Having said that, I mean, once the CSP supply chain improves and the investors, they start to see the opportunities in CSP, research will develop, will help, will develop and help drive down the costs and the future will start to look brighter for CSP. Therefore, I mean, and this is something that we need to focus on these, I mean, uh, at the moment. We need to establish effective policies that emphasize on the value of the CSP technology, as well as, I mean, having significant efforts to reduce the cost will be the key to attract additional investment. And due to the fact that establishing CSP plants, I mean, is capital intensive, as I highlighted earlier, the values of the discount or interest rates on the loans are actually essential for the right funding of the project. And by the way, one more important point that I forgot to mention is that the investments should also be allocated to support the research and development. Okay, so that, I mean, to attain these cost reduction opportunities and increase the scale of the industry. And if all of the points that I've, I've, I mean, mentioned earlier could be addressed, the beginning of an entire new era is going to start and it will yeah, actually, start the thing is that actually that uh, uh, sorry Suleiman to cut you off but i would say just it's it's also it's something that i have also uh, looked at uh, your publications regarding the socio-economical feasibilities of csp because you have done some work as well yes. on that and it's it's really important to mention that in most of your conclusion you said that the, the technologies are i would say in the initial uh, status and there is a lot uh, to be done in terms of research and development. Absolutely, absolutely. And as I said before, I mean, once we address all these points, including, uh, including, and I'm putting it in 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 a very bold statement, the the, the policy makers, mm -hmm. okay, 
they should actually contribute towards this kind of uh, movement. And once we address all these points that we mentioned earlier, it will start, yeah. I mean, with a big and crucial leap towards the net zero by 2050. And that's the, I would say, the biggest aim. Thank you, Suleiman. And uh, I think with this, we came to the end of this episode. Uh, we hope that CSP will manage to be in the dominant side of green sustainable energy production by 2050. And uh, thanks again, Jamal. Yeah, yeah, Suleiman. Thanks, Mohammed, And uh, thanks, Suleiman, for, for, I would say, your enthusiastic, uh, uh, I would say, answers and all the explanations you have given regarding uh, this technology. And I hope our listeners as well have uh, uh, taken a lot of information regarding this technology. Thanks for having me, both of you. And also, I hope that uh, we've had a, a fruitful discussion and hopefully the listeners are, are going to, I mean, uh, drive their motivation towards the net zero 2050 and make some changes. And hopefully the CSP technology will be, all the issues will be addressed in the future as well. So thanks again. And uh, yeah. Thank you, Jamal, for co-hosting with me today. And thanks to our listeners for uh, being us and... See you in the next episode where we talk more about energy transition. Thank you.